0: Hello and welcome to Flippin' and Mashin', a podcast about pinball machines, sump pumps, arcade games, (laughs) (laughs) whatever else is in our basement. This is your host, Parnell, and as always is... Ryan! With a crackly voice.
1: But we all have to hear puberty at different times in our life. I guess so, it's just... Damn... I didn't want everybody to know that I was this late of a bloomer, but <laughs> that's fine. I'm on
0: steroids to help work my way through it. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so, what's happening now? What's happening in this episode? Oh, well, you know, Parnell, we actually have a pretty awesome guest. Uh, we're on a freaking roll here, man.
1: We, we are. Uh, we've had some really amazing people on the show, and we're going to continue that with having Steven Silver. Hi. Say hi,
0: Steven. Hey, Steven. <laughs> hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having hey. me on. Yeah. I, I think on our last episode, you had messaged me on Facebook while we were recording, and I didn't know who you were. I then learned from, I think, Nick Baldridge who you were, and it was really exciting to be chatting with you on Facebook
2: That was a lot of fun. Uh, After the fact, listening to the playback of the show and hearing the exact moment whenever you got my message because I was uh, complimenting you guys on a previous episode.
0: (laughs) I was kind of blown away that someone uh, of your famousness actually messaged me out of the blue. That was pretty sweet. Um, I wouldn't call me
2: famous, (laughs) but I appreciate it. (laughs) Uh,
0: So it's great to have you on. We can kind of dig into your past, future,
2: well, Okay. Present? Wait.
1: Hold on. Hold on. There's a question you got to ask first, Parnell. Don't be skipping ahead.
0: Oh. Yeah. Come on. What is it? Uh, Stephen, are you drinking anything?
2: I am drinking some delicious H2O right now. It's uh, late, and I'm putting the kids to bed a little bit, so. That's okay, <laughs> so I got to
1: ask you the question since Scott Denisi <laughs> was so enamored when I said I was drinking water. So, is it tap or filtered?
2: It is a bottle from Sam's Club, so oh, I'm sure they okay. filtered it at some point, but it probably came out of a tap at some point also.
1: <laughs> well, I know Scott was really intrigued when I asked, and he said he might actually start lurking on our podcast, so Scott, now you know, he's drinking some Sam's Club water.
2: Yep. <laughs> only only the finest down here in Richmond, Texas. <laughs> Perfect. What, what about, about you, anyway? Parnell? No. no,
0: you go first. Uh, So... The first drink is a vodka strawberry juice, and the strawberry juice, oops, sorry. The strawberry juice is from Trader Joe's. It's like a small four pack of Red Bull light cans. The next drink will be a mango cart mango beer. Wow. You'll see how I feel in the morning.
1: Yeah, but it's so Monday, be so screw about an hour it. into the show here, I can't wait. <laughs> we will see. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. So I am drinking a Chill Vibes uh, sour ale with cucumber, and um, I like sour stuff. And this is definitely interesting. It's really cucumbery, but it's not bad. Uh, I'd probably buy it again. It's definitely uh, doesn't make my gut feel rotten when I'm drinking it. So,
0: uh, so it can't so be far.
1: that sour. Right, right. Okay. But uh, all right, Parnell. Well, now you can ask the next question. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> the one I interrupted you in in the middle of.
0: Oh, I was just uh, excited to have Stephen on because uh, we can kind of see how he got into pinball, what he's doing, and uh, joke about the future that he has to work with Jerry. <laughs> well, yeah. And,
1: and and talk about how much of a bastard heist is sometimes.
0: Well, and heist just had a <laughs> huge update with it a did. huge update. So that'll be exciting. Stephen, do, do you have like a, like a game room? Do you have multiple pinballs at home or do you just work on them? How does that?
2: Yeah, I got into, I got into the hobby about 10 years ago. Um, I, I, actually, I met that always tell people this is that what's ironic is my buddy David Van S, uh it, he came and worked for worked for us at our um uh video production company here in, in Houston and he he had come over from Australia and he was he was uh really itching to get back into pinball again and he he drove up to he was driving up to Arkansas to go buy a pinball machine for like fifteen hundred dollars. And I remember at that time, man, I love pinball, but man, fifteen hundred dollars for a single game, that's insane. And, uh, and, then he started taking me around to pinball shows and I'd regularly get my ass kicked by six year olds at these shows. But I caught the bug and I, I felt like I had to buy, buy one. And I got my first one. It was the Diddy Star Wars about 10 years ago now. And so since then I've, I've had like a dozen machines or so, but I, I usually have, I, I've gotten it down to about five or six now. I mean, it, it, that number is way bigger when you consider the P3 and all the big game kits there. But I've got about five or six upstairs.
0: Uh, what's in the game room right now?
2: Uh still got that Diddy Star Wars. I don't think I'll ever let that go uh, just because it's got sentimental value to me. Um, uh, I've got a World Cup soccer still. I just sold my whitewater. Um, I've got a uh, skate ball. I've got a 1970s Gottlieb play ball. I won it at a raffle at a guy's place here in Houston. And then I've got my P3 with uh, all the game kits and everything in it.
0: That's a heavy hitting uh, game room, man.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's one of the things. Like I, I'm I I've gotten it down to the game, you know, the games I like and everything. But the thing I find these days is that I just want to spend all the time on the P3,
0: honestly. <laughs> so, have you played much Cosmic Card online?
2: Yeah, every chance, every chance we get with the, uh, anytime there's a Cosmic Kart, uh, car Racing, uh, online meetup or something like that, I always try to throw Cosmic cart Racing in there and jump online because I keep saying this every, every chance I get is that head to head racing over the internet on these machines is the most fun I've ever had playing pinball in my house, you know? And I say this as a guy who's designed, uh, uh led a design team on a game. And I just love that head to head competition that, uh, Jerry enabled with his platform to where you can actually be uh smack talking somebody over the discord channel or whatever. And, and they get a power up and throw the roadblocks up on my ramps and screw me over making my shots and stuff like that. I can do stuff in real time to uh, affect their machine. And I just, I just love,
0: love it. I heard that they're trying to integrate the audio into the game.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I just don't know um where that that feature set is. Jerry's talked about it. I just don't know uh what the where that is in the development process.
0: Yeah, I am just excited for that to happen because like you said, smack talking while you're playing is probably the best part of playing head to head.
2: Yeah, and it's I mean it's a it's a complex problem to solve. I mean all this like I, I I'm not a programmer, so all this stuff is black magic to me. But Anything networking is a really complex problem to solve. But then you've also got all the different states, like how, how do you enable voice chats in the lobby and then into in the actual races and stuff like that. So, um, I'm just in awe of Jerry and his team, the stuff that they're able to put out. And, and I learned about the, I mean, we, he had already always talked about this feature, but, uh, things like that and like Twitch Connect, I would learn about it and then this thing would be in, in reality being shown on online within a couple of months. So like when they, when they, when, when they're able to focus on, on that aspect of development stuff, they, they pull out some pretty amazing innovations pretty quick.
0: I also, from seeing Ryan's game in person, which I think they do a good job of, it's like they over engineer it so that it's a lot more reliable and takes a lot of abuse. So I like that too. So we'll, I don't think he'll just turn on UDP packet sends. I think he's going to put some time and effort into that voice chat. So it should be pretty fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You said a bunch of words that I totally understood, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's definitely something that, uh, is going to be a challenge to do. But in the meantime, until that happens, we've got this community run, uh, discord channel and it's got a voice chat channel, so anybody out there who's got a P3, I recommend they jump on that Discord channel, and then when we jump on the races, jump in the voice chat, and we can we can communicate in real time, at it, as we're playing, and that that really takes it to the next level.
0: Part of this, I don't know where to start. Um, you kind of gave us a little bit of background on how you kind of got in, which is I uh, was interesting was a lot. Like for me, I just stumbled into pinball, but. Um, how did you get involved with Multimorphic?
2: Yeah, so in uh, the so I I've about you know that ten years ago, Mark, I started going to shows and 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 doing stuff, and then I want to say it's my first or second TPF that I went to. Um, right before that, Jerry had a pinball news article that dropped that was displaying. He I had I had been following all the P Rock projects that were happening. This is back when. Right of PinBot 2.0 was just starting and other people were doing cool projects and I was always interested in that custom pinball aspect of stuff that Jerry really you know created this whole industry when he when he made the P-Rock boards to uh, allow people to build their own games and, and do things like that. They showed this machine that he and his buddies had made that had a ball tracking screen in the play field and you You had these these walls and scoops that could pop up and these ramps and loops in the background and everything and it was this this was white box It didn't have a back box for the head or anything, but I was like, that's going to be at t p f that's the machine I want to go see like i don't I don't care about anything else that's new that's happening. I want to go see that machine and so i I showed up at that show and I played the heck and he just had some demo games. He had like the very first iteration of barnyard and rocks and stuff like that on the on the machine. But I started talking and then, uh, then Jerry went and gave his uh, seminar. And in his seminar, he brought his B Rock boards and he brought some equipment up there on stage. And the, he was basically like, we're going to build a working pinball machine in about 30 minutes with this equipment. And he just started assembling things and typing a few lines of code and putting things in. And he had a flipping pinball machine on that table in 30 minutes with, with some, you know, whatever he typed in going across the, uh, the DMV display he had up there. And I was just blown away by this guy. I was super impressed. I flagged him down after the show and, and said, yeah, you know, I work in video and animation and stuff like that. And I'd love to work with you at some point. And so uh, not long after that, I started doing the promotional videos and things for multimorphic and, uh, been doing that ever since. And then at somewhere along the line, we started after Lexi had launched and CCR had launched and I, I helped out with, you know, doing, recording the voice call outs in Lexi and Lexi and writing and the voice call outs and doing animations for the, the wizard mode and, and Lexi and, uh, did some stuff with some of the games, but he was saying we're, they were going to start this new game and he wanted some, he was looking for who, who among the people who were, working with p3 in various ways if anybody wanted to come on as a creative director for this game and i threw my hat in the ring and i said i'd love to do it um i am excited about it i'd love to try and he he gave me the opportunity and so uh we took off through the races and made what i think is a pretty good game
1: it's an amazing game don't don't yeah. i mean you can sandbag it but it is an amazing <laughs> game
2: <laughs> well my deal is like the 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 thing about it is you can't really blame anybody out there because people just haven't had a chance to get their hands on it. And we just got hit by bad timing, right? Like our big coming out party was going to be TPF uh, last year. We were ready to go. We had everything ready. It was, it was going to make a big splash at that show. And then everything got canceled (laughs) immediately. And So we didn't have any shows and the, the multimorphic P3 is something that you have to experience. Like, you can see videos of it. You can watch streams of it. And everybody who does, they always like that's cool and everything, but you really got to put your hands on it and play it and experience it. And heist is that way too. Like you, you, you need to see the crane coming out and and, then feel the interaction with, with bashing that crane the first time. And we just missed out on all that last year. So hopefully we're going to get to get it to shows this year. More people are going to be able to see it and experience it. And it'll be, um, you know, we'll, we'll get it in more people's hands this year.
1: Heck, yeah. I'm super excited because I have a a very, very strong uh, suspicion that everyone's going to share the same uh, mentality that me and Parnell have, which is it is absolutely a home run.
0: Absolutely. That's the hope. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll agree that people need to play it because there's all these rumors that are said, or at least maybe people's opinions, and people are just taking other people's as facts instead of trying it for themselves yeah you really gotta get your hands on it see the technology see the direction of the entire platform and you're like you're not buying one game and i think that really helps show like the the future promise of the platform
2: and what i'll say is that at a lot of these shows and we've been doing this for a while like jerry will come up and he will set up 10 p3s right or something along those lines there'll be a lot of them and he'll have each P3 playing a different game that you can play, you can buy and run on your P3. So those 10 machines taking up a a 10 game row can, can live in a space of one machine in your game room. Right. And what I would recommend to anybody who comes up to a P3 at a show, usually there's always long lines to play these games and there's people playing them. And if you walk up to one and you play one, try to give a a lot of those games a chance, right? Because you don't want to, you can walk up to a mini game, like rocks or like barnyard or something and think this is all the platform is. And it's like, no, that's just one aspect of this game that was purpose built to appeal to everybody in your family. There, there are games for your kids. There's games that your wife might like There's games that uh, your brother who doesn't uh, care about pinball may, may find, may have a blast playing. And that's the beauty of this platform is that there's something for everybody. So when you, when you guys come out and you see it at a show, make sure you give uh, as many of the games an opportunity as, as possible and definitely try out some head-to-head CCR if you get a chance and try out Heist if you get a chance. Those two are our two newest games that uh, I think really sell the platform well.
0: Well, I know the Heist was the first P3 game I played. And uh, it took me two two games to kind of get an idea of what I needed to continue doing and then i was pretty much hooked uh especially watching ryan like the first game ryan just made me play by myself and then we started doing two-player games and then watching him it started like things started clicking on you know collecting your your team your crew and trying to get the different multi-balls and breaking people out of jail like it's so fun to see who i forgot if it was nick or someone we were talking to where they Got, like got a bunch of people in jail and then the fun was just to get everybody out of jail
2: <laughs> yeah like the 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 whole concept of jail like we were that was that was an idea i had early on that i really wanted to do and but you know there was a lot of talk in the team about whether or not essentially a negative gameplay concept would be well received and everything and from my perspective i was like no it, it adds a, another dimension to gameplay right like you you could if you want to just play to go for that six character jailbreak, which is actually really hard to set up in the, in the regular game because you have to uh, qualify two characters so that you can start a heist and then you've got to fail the heist and then put everybody else in jail. But there's, you know, there's also other strategies. Like if you, if the first jewel you go for uh, in the game, there's this concept of going for jewels. So uh, to play a a mini, uh, to play a heist, you have to complete two characters, two or more characters, right? And each combination of characters you get allows you to go into that heist for bigger bigger reward. So it's a risk-reward situation. So you can go through and and uh, wait until you collect everybody and go for the hardest heist, or you can just collect two characters and go for an easier heist. But one interesting thing about the, the jail concept is that let's say you waited till you got a five person heist to go and, and run that heist, but you wanted to go after all the jewels at that point. Then you've got to start intentionally jailing characters in order to unlock those, those previous heists, the four character heists, the three character heist and things like that. So I just love rule ideas like that, that are different, you know, that you couldn't do on another platform that doesn't give you this big screen where you can, you can explain these and have these context changing instructions on the screen and and tell you you know what you need to do and 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 create this really immersive environment where you that does so much more work than a couple of blinking color changing leds on the on this on the on the play field ryan do you know what have you ever got a a jewel i've i've worked
1: on getting a jewel uh i I didn't even know that was a thing This goes back to my comment that Steven ended up hearing uh, in, I think, our last podcast where I called him out a little bit and I was like, damn you, Steven. <laughs> because uh, it's it's a lot of fun, but when you really need to, like, make some shots, uh, Heist can absolutely uh, knock you down a peg if you think you're doing pretty good. Uh, it doesn't take much.
2: Yeah, like when we – we were watching uh, Kevin Manny and Buffalo Pinball start running the 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 wizard mode, the, the big final heist, and he he was stuck at the point where you have to make a side loop shot and go along. He just kept biffing that side loop shot over and over and over again, and we're just sitting there just cracking up because <laughs> it's just like you know, it's like the one thing you need and you can't do it. But you know what they say? The hardest shot in pinball is the one that lit that you got to make. So, you know.
1: That is absolutely oh. true.
0: Although for I would, Parnell, I think it's any shot. Every if shot, for being honest, <laughs> I actually rewatched. So I've been rewatching his stream to try to like I went back to find the fifteen ball multi ball, and then that loop shot you were talking about. I remember seeing him, and he, man, he lined that thing up. Oh, it felt like twenty times, and he missed every time. And then I think he hit it the second uh-huh. after it ended.
2: Yeah, and I'll say like. You know, I've been play testing this thing forever and I'm a mediocre pinball player too, right? So I have felt your pain, right? Like I have been in that situation where I just like am going at that, that shot over and over again, trying to get to the end. But I come back to the genius of this platform. There's so much innovation in this platform that it allows things like save state. You can set up to where you're right at the big final heist, do a save state. And then when you if you fail it, you can come back in and jump right back in where you were with the new three ball game, or you could do it on ball three and and replay that ball three essentially every time. And you you can do these things to make even mediocre players or even poor players see the entire game. So and 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 practice things. You know you can set up save states for different things you you want to practice. Um, and let's say you're you're you the jailbreak multi ball is really difficult for you. You know, you can set up uh various combinations of characters in jail and just practice jailbreak multi ball by loading up that safe state every time. So I, I don't know, like I, and I'll say this also. Anything you love in Heist that's that's you can credit me and everything you hate you can blame Jerry. So I <laughs> 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 uh, you're kidding. No, Jerry, uh everybody on the team has uh Come up with like really, really good ideas to to craft what was a really loose idea in the beginning, and then came to what we feel is a really tight game that's 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 wide and deep, and it's just got a lot of variety of gameplay and a lot of uh, variety of uh, options.
0: The more I keep learning about the game, the more I uh, uh, realize that there's so much to the game. Um, like breaking people out can be its own game, and then. The new update that just dropped with the big final heist. I don't know if Ryan kept saying, but it sounds like it's like a second game, or at least it doubles the gameplay.
2: Yeah, so what we did on the big final heist, so the, the big final heist was the um the, the way and I guess we start at this point. The way we, we started the game was we we decided on the theme, right? From the very get go. And we, uh, TJ Weaver, our, uh, mechanical engineer, who's absolutely brilliant. He's the guy who, uh, came up with the design of the crane and all these awesome mechanisms inside those buildings that divert the balls all different ways and, and are doing a lot of heavy lifting. Uh, he, he's the one that said, you know what, we should make a heist game. And we were just like, oh, that's, that's perfect. And so when you think about the, the heist tropes and things like that, Ice are always built around the third act. You assemble your crew, you have little side missions and stuff, but you get to that third act where everybody's got their job. Everybody's got to pull off their job to get to the big ending. And then there's usually some, some twist or that you, you thought it was this way and it's it's not that way. So we always had that in mind and it was the thing that, that I always knew I wanted to, we wanted to build and, and put into this game. But then you go back and we are like, we've got to build the rest of this game out. And I think the rest of his game stands pretty well on its own as, as a pretty full fledged game with, with all the variety of things you have to do. Um, the, the, each, each player mode, each, uh, character mode is way different. Uh, gameplay. We can do things on the P3 that you can't do on another machine, like dangle the cat burglar over the laser floor. So you, she's picking up parts, um, as you're, you're shooting shots and stuff like that. And then, knocking the ball off the crane and so uh to to break her out and we do a couple of subtractive multi balls where we give you all the balls up front and as you hit shots we design the play field so that every every shot on a play field could grab the ball and remove it from the play field. So you start off with all your characters and then you, you play and once you've broken everybody out, you're back down to one ball in jailbreak multi ball. And so I mean again, I love ideas like that that you don't see another pinball machines because we can do things on the P3 that, that, other people can't.
0: So, If you get one of your crew or multiple people of your crew in prison or in jail, it's like you said earlier, it's not the worst negative thing. Your game's not wrecked. You can go back, get them out and then go back to doing your heists.
2: Yeah, definitely. And if you get, so when you go into the big final heist, if you play a characters, you play up to a certain point, and then that character fails, right? That character gets arrested. So you come back out and that character's in jail. So you got to bust that character out of jail to continue on. But once you bust that character out of jail, then the big final heist is back available. You can go back in and you pick up where that character left off. They're, they're rehired. You go back in and, and finish their stuff. So we we had this idea. It's a, it's a very long wizard mode, right? It's six stages. So... Um, you know, we wanted to give people an opportunity. And when we released this, we also made the base game a little bit easier so that qualifying characters, uh, took one less shot. And it's, it's some of the other stuff is, is easier so that more people have a better chance of getting to that, that, getting to and beating that, that, uh, final heist, uh, in, in a single game but you know uh if you want to you can always go back and change the settings back to the original settings if you like those
1: well yeah and i guess i have a question i'm going to jump in here and uh that crane so can we just talk a minute for that about that crane for a minute because
2: i love uh, talking
1: about the crane <laughs> I, I can't get enough of it so like obviously you mentioned um it was your mechanical engineer that had designed it or thought up of the idea initially. Um, but like, can you kind of walk us through like what maybe some of the early stages were like, did you guys always think that it was going to be a a three axis? So, um, you know, up, down, left, right, and being able to extend like from the get go or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I guess that's one of the questions I have is, uh, do you have any, good memories of kind of like the, the buildup to what ultimately ended up becoming the, the final crane. Cause uh, it's really interesting.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I start off this game with a bunch of goals and one of them right out front was, I was like, we, we have to, on this game, bring more physical play uh, pinball action further down the field. Right. Like there, there is physical pinball interaction on that lower play field. Right. But we, we can't, leave everything up there at the top. Like we do with like, we need to bring more stuff down and in, into the play field. And we had two solutions for that. The first one was putting an upper flipper in the game. That was kind of something that uh, I was I, from the very get go. I, I said, we, we should shoot for that. But the other thing that I was, I was really big on was having some sort of a way to bring and bring some sort of a mechanism out to where we can, dangle a ball over to play field and move it around over to playfield to where you can knock the ball off. Cause I kept thinking, what if we can do miss multi-ball on the P3, but you know, do it from above. And I am a mechanical engineering dumb, dumb. I don't know anything about it, but I was coming up with ideas like, what if we could do like a 3d printer gantry or something like that, that would come out and, and like a head that would move around on, on these different axes and stuff. But we basically came down to giving TJ the goal of, Figuring out how to get some sort of an object that can suspend a ball over the play field in three different axes. And so, uh, TJ went back to work and he came back with a couple of different, the, the first design of the crane had more, more pieces to it, um, you know, more individual pieces, but he, he kept working on it and refining it and everything. And originally we had like a screwdrive in it and the screwdrive was slow and we were like, no, this thing needs to be fast if it's gonna, if people are going to mess with it and DJ switched out for like a belt drive and that thing just flew. And, and it, it has exceeded all expectations that I had. This thing is way cooler and way better than anything I expected us to be able to do. So I really give TJ credit every time, every time the, the crane comes up that I, you know, we won the uh, pinball industry awards for best toy and I think it was well deserved. And I told Jerry, it's like that, that crystal needs to go on TJ's desk. I'm really, really excited for uh, that crane to get the recognition that it I think it deserves.
1: Well, and it's so quiet, and it and it is like you said, it's fast. I mean, I'm using yeah. cranes like, uh, you know, what Batman sixty six, and of course Last mm-hmm. Action Hero, which is, I think, one of the loudest, slowest cranes in existence. And I think that's a worm drive. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I I was shocked.
2: yeah we had some we had some loud prototypes and stuff like that and everything but like i said it's just i i really think some of the best engineering in the industry is that multimorphic and these guys just come up with with keep working the problem until you find just a really smart solution and that's that's what comes out you know with these guys and if you go and you look at how a p3 is built you're just going to see just brilliant solutions all through that system for, for doing stuff. It's like, it's a heavy playfield to pull out, but they've designed the inside grooves of the cabinet to let gravity assist you in pulling it out to so where you can get in a service position one fairly easily. And then, and things like that, little touches like that, that you don't notice unless you go looking for them. And that, that's just the, that's just is what the company's all about.
0: The crane's pretty impressive though, because it goes in and out, up and down side to side, but then it can pick up a ball via magnet either with or without the ball. It goes to the play field and it can be a bash toy or let the ball get hit off. Yep. It's almost, I, <laughs> I'm glad it won the award.
2: And it can be used in choreography and, and like we use it to where it's, it's representing the device that's dangling the cat burglar over the lab and moving around and, and getting around so it can, it can be this this you know uh, interactive toy that's that's basically acting out your scene in the scene. We use it in a lot of different ways that way. But um, yeah, no, I I just I love that crane to death, and it's it's so well done. And you, in addition to that, if you get into crane multi ball, the crane will pick up balls and it will fling them across the playfield at you. So we we use the hell out of that thing, and
0: I love it. The theme got brought up, then. I think a lot of the play fields do the ball catching, like lock. What would you call it? You you said it earlier, but like every shot can kind of like capture the ball away and then shoot it from somewhere else. Yeah. Was the crane always part of this theme? Yeah, from
2: the get go. Like we, we wasn't, we didn't know what it was going to be at the beginning, but I knew that. Well, I'll say this. I put it at the top of the priority list to have something that could bring, uh, that could move in three dimensions and bring a ball out over the playfield as part of this game and so that was always from the beginning when it became a crane that that fit in well because i also always had this idea of the upper play field being like this representation of of ocean city right and i always like games that have a, a unified theme instead of just you know the Different things put everywhere. I kind of liked everything, kind of mostly being at the same scale and all fitting in back there, and being able to light up the windows and light up the signs and do all sorts of stuff like that. So the crane fit in well with the uh, with the Ocean City city skyline, and I always had the idea for the lower playfield main screen to be this flowing cityscape towards you, because I I like the idea that as you're shooting a ball up the playfield. And the, the, the cityscape has this slow flowing towards you. It kind of gives the, the optical illusion of this ball going faster and flying, flying around the play field a lot faster. So, and it has the opposite effect where it looks like it's, it's kind of slowing it down mentally when it's coming down towards the flippers. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I did, that was always part of the, the idea of the game from the beginning is that we, we have something in the game that would bring the ball on.
0: Okay, so you had the kind of idea for the city and the, the crane mech of some sort. What about the jail? Because that's very like a medieval madness. It's very prominent in the, that middle shot is this jail that can then raise up and you can shoot into it.
2: Yeah, that didn't start off there. We, we, we kind of were throwing around the ideas of having a jail. I knew I wanted, um, I knew uh, we had to have some antagonists in the game and to to it's it's a cops and robbers game right so you had to have the police in there somewhere so we were we had thought of different places around the playfield to put it but then we it was pretty early on that we realized that we could stick a jail like in the middle as a bash like a bash target that you could get in and get out of with this uh this raising jail door and You know, we, there was a lot of ideas like that. And pretty much every idea we had, we, we were able to put into the game, um, for, you know, like to, uh, you know, we, one thing I wanted, like, let's see if we can't grab the ball on every shot. We were able to do that. Um, we were able to put in this raising the lower end jail door and put in this awesome crane, put in this, this flipper with the, that ended up having a little cool little pocket behind it where you can catch the ball. Um, yeah, so that, that was something that we had always talked about at the beginning, but it really worked out well being able to put it right in the middle to have something to for
1: that lock pick side job. God damn. That uh-huh. is the hardest <laughs> side job. <laughs> like the hack, the planet one can be kind of mean when it's like the cat burglar shot scoop. So the left ramp scoop, that one can be pretty tricky. Um, uh-huh. But God, getting that lockpick shot uh, for for that that mini mode is so hard. I mean, it is.
2: Yeah, but let me let me say this: when you get it, isn't it the greatest feeling in the world when you get oh, it? Oh yeah, <laughs> like, no, like, without a doubt,
1: because I have gotten it yeah. before, and I'll never forget. Parnell was overplaying it, and he got it like half a second too
0: late, and just,
1: oh, he like got really excited. And, Which is this yeah. where you have
0: to raise the upper flipper to shoot? Yes. It? Yep. Oh, fuck, that shot's yeah. hard. <laughs> <laughs> but it is so
1: rewarding when you get it. Uh, and Steve. Yeah, we um, go ahead.
2: The first time I, we, straight, we set up, uh, Phil Grimaldi from Space City Pinball came over to my house early on and we streamed uh, my game from my house uh, uh, early on. And the whole time, like Phil, Phil is one of those world class competitors. Like he's really great at pinball. But we were both like sitting there playing through it and we every time the pick and roll would come up it was a big deal. We were trying to do it. And then Phil left to go to the bathroom and I got a pick and roll like right when he was gone to the bathroom but I was just like he's never gonna believe me that I did this and then I realized, Oh wait, it's on the stream. He'll see it. So I've got proof. But yeah, no, it's 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 a great feeling when you hit that and like like I said, Matt, that we've got easy ones, uh, fairly easy, uh, side jobs and, uh, more difficult side jobs. There's, there's easier modes than other modes. And I like that diversity, right? I like that you can have some that are challenging that you keep coming back to some that, uh, that you can get really good at. And, I mean even the the easiest one I say is probably the wheelman mode but even some days I'm just like and I can't hit anything in this wheelman mode you know to get to get through it but I'm I'm finding all the rest of them so you know it it's it's uh but I I'll, I'll say this I love I love the side jobs in the game the the whole idea was to to figure out ways to use the crane more and to use the features of the game more like the wall scoop assembly and do stuff like that and to have having them be things that you could choose to avoid if you wanted to if you didn't want to play them but have them be quick little uh demos they also uh a lot of them helped us introduce the 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 upper flipper to people if they didn't realize it was there we can play a little animation saying hey hit this button so that you can use the upper flipper to try to hit this side loop or something like that so We, uh, I, I'd love those little, uh, that that was kind of a late addition to the game to put in these uh, little side jobs, but they do the job they're supposed to do, which are just quick, little fun, uh, things you can do and they're, they're challenging, but you can do them or not if you want, but if you do, it helps you out in the game. Yeah. The, the brevity
1: is super nice. Um, and you are correct. There are definitely modes where I'm like, yes, like I got an easier one. And then there's other ones where I'm like, you know, I, I kind of almost like get that single drop of sweat, you know, fall down the front of my <laughs> face when they, when they come. Cause it's like, oh no. Um, cause and I, I, and I can taste that sweat every single time. Yeah. It's so salty. I
2: love it. <laughs> and, and It
1: is. It's a ton of fun because, you know, you can choose not to do it but it seriously can harm you if you don't run after those to an extent, because uh, the opportunity for you to completely make the shots required to get that character ready to start their uh, task to attempt to get um, their mode complete and their MacGuffin, uh, you know, is pretty critical, I think, for trying to progress further into the game.
2: Yeah. I mean, now with the, um, with the new code um, it's, it's easier to start the character modes and everything, so the the side jokes are are a lot more just about a fun little thing if you want to do them. But you can you can say if you're if you're laser focused on getting to the big final heist, you can you can ignore them and it it doesn't take much time to 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 not do them. Um, but I don't know. Every time that crane comes down for crane kaboom, where you get to got to bash the crane for 15 seconds, I love that. You know, uh, and I, I'll do it every chance I get. That is
1: that is sneakingly probably one of the most dangerous modes because you're like oh i'm just gonna hit the crane Mm. (laughs) Mm, you gotta be careful how you're hitting that crane because yeah the the crane isn't like you think it's easy and it it can be but at the same time it's um it can be a dangerous shot and that's what's it can be a dangerous
2: shot i think i think the trick is like you know like try to work on your life catching catch it up wait till the crane you know to the left or to the right so you can you can bank it off the side to where, you know, it's going to bounce into something and, and get back, back to a flipper from an angle. So you can save the shots and all that. If, if uh, you're just flailing out it, then yeah, you're hitting a, uh, you're hitting a short shot up close. That's moving. So there's a lot of unpredictability, especially it. when it's in between
1: the flippers. Like I yeah. can't tell you how many people like my, uh, one of my friends that came over and tried it. And uh, I think I've seen Parnell do it too. We're like, the crane stops, and it's like, "Come on, hit me! I'm right in between the flippers. Come on, it's such an easy <laughs> shot." And they take that shot, and I'm like, "Oh man!"
2: <laughs> yeah, if you do, just try to do a glancing shot. Yep. You know, try to get up to that. And if you miss, you're just gonna slide to the the side target. So yeah. And then
1: uh, I I really do I guess the last thing I, I want to say before maybe we get off the crane topic, um, the i I don't i hate to use this this reference but it's kind of accurate but also updated um i love the beginning of crane multiball where it's like a missed multiball 2.0 where instead of just going left to right and you know exactly where the ball is going to be like moving uh it is just like Somewhat it seems like sporadically like moving across the play field, uh and you know you have mm. to make that shot like that is like seriously one of the coolest little just one of those like little sprinkles right i mean there 's all those yeah. different like moments in the game, and that 's definitely one of them that i like it 's probably one of my more favorite moments uh is getting to that point and having that opportunity and uh, seen the ball like skirt across the play field uh, with the, the crane holding it there. That's, that's a ton of fun. Yeah.
2: And if you, if you start crane multi-ball and you miss the ball, like you don't knock it off, we'll still give you the multi-ball. You just have the two balls, the uh, uh, three ball, you know, you don't have um uh, them going out, but like there's, you know, there's a lot of things that we're able to do, right. If we weren't able to extend that crane, all we could do is move that ball in an arc, right. But we can do a straight line across the playfield because we can extend it on the V axis, you know, and we, uh, the one thing I, I love about it too is like if you complete the first stage of Cat Burglar, we also lower the ball down to the play field. And it's like, get me off of here. But if you've completed all of her shots beforehand, you get her MacGuffin scoop that pops up. And you have the opportunity to carom the ball off the magnet of the crane into the MacGuffin scoop in one shot. And you, you end up skipping the, the Cat Burglar escape multi ball, which is actually a pretty hard subtractive multi-ball to go and find the exit it's like, like creatures search. But, um, you know, you, you can, you can do that bank shot off the, uh, the crane directly into the scoop. And that's another one of those moments that's just super satisfying when you pull it off, you're like, yeah, I, I got it. You know, and you, you, you end up escaping, getting out of the mode, Catburger's not in jail and it's a, uh, it's good time. So I, I love the, the things we're able to do with that. And, uh, Again, if you don't have a crane that can move in three directions and pick up a ball and be bashable and have an LED on the front, you know, there's a lot of stuff you can't do that, that we're able to do with this thing. And we've got the widest variety of short shots in pinball, you know, with this this uh, crane that can come up and basically represent a target anywhere on that middle play field area, you know, that can move. I love I love that our system can do moving targets, you
1: know yeah it is it is a ton of fun and i have gotten that cat burglar like knock the ball off the crane into the scoop uh you know like all in one shot once yeah and it was yeah super amazing but uh that is not an easy to set up uh shot that's
2: that's for sure <laughs> yeah no I, I i was thinking of all sorts of like little mini mini mode games we could do with with those kind of bank shots and stuff but uh yeah I know um speaking of moving shots, another one of my favorite things that we do in the game is having the uh the armored car crosses and the police car crosses, right where we basically have this wall scoop assembly in the back of the play field, and you can we can pop up a scoop to that you can shoot at or that can gobble a ball anywhere across the width of the play field. And so what we do in this game is that we have like a little car, a police car, driving across the screen and we've got a red, blue flashing scoops that are popping all up along with it. And if you hit that, if you hit that, uh, crossing police car, we gobble the ball up and one of your characters that you earned is thrown in jail. So that's one of those negative shots you want to avoid if you're playing, but we also have the armored car that can go across the play field. Left and right. You hit that, you get a ton of cash that's falling down the play field and you can click that for uh for crane multiball and the uh again like even if you don't need any more cash for crane multiball if you see that armored car coming about everybody's like ah there's the armored car i want to hit it i want to hit this moving target that's going across the playfield and i just i love that we can do that on this platform
0: yeah i want to hit it and then i miss it <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah but it makes those times if you hit it that much sweeter you know uh
0: it's it's so fun because it's uh I don't know how you activate it, but like it's fun to all of a sudden it starts going. You're like, trap the ball, get it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's one of those like not needed but urgent feeling things. There's a lot of things this game does that makes you like feel good or fun when you get it.
2: Yep, that's what uh, that's what I think everybody who's designing games is going for. So
0: it's nice to hear that we hit it. I guess one question I do have as well as. Did the play field start out a lot different?
2: Um, We went through a lot of different iterations, a lot of different ideas, but it wasn't crazy different. Like we, like I, another one of those concepts that I liked at the beginning was like, I kind of like, I like the ability to alternate ramps to go, the ramps that feed the opposite flipper. So to go left to right. So I was like, if we can get the ramps that go to the other flipper, at least on this game, I'd. I, I like that. And, um, we, the, you know, the main concept is having a flowy play field that, that you have a ton of combo opportunities, but you can also grab the ball. We can stop the ball at any, any shot to, to do things with. And then, um, because the P3 has launch uh, the launch capability all across the width of the playfield because uh, the the way that the trough design is designed in the back of the playfield, it's, it's kind of awesome that we can grab the ball from anywhere and then pop it up, transport that ball somewhere else on the playfield and bring it out uh, in a completely different place. So all those, uh, you know, mostly it was starting off with, you know, what can this platform do and how do we leverage that to the maximum effect in this game? And, uh, so yeah, from from the get go, we kind of had that in mind. And we, there was, of course, lots of iterations with, um, with the the layout and different things changing them, um, being able to have the, we call it the high wire going from the, uh, going from the, you know, the back behind the, the left ramp that, that leads across the other side to the, to the crane ball lock. Um, you know, that's something that, uh, came in a little bit later, but we're glad to, uh, you know, we, that way we could, we could load the crane up from either ramp. And so, um, and we could launch a ball and put it on the crane from our, from our launcher back there. So, yeah, not, not too much change, uh, over the course of it. It's just, it's just a lot of refining over the, over the development
0: cycle. Sure. Like, yeah, like the little tweaks to make sure it shoots right.
2: Yeah. And that, and, you know, just, uh, yeah, just, yeah, just but yeah, mostly just tweaking to make sure it shoots right and make sure that it's uh, what's the word used,
1: kinetically satisfying? Yeah, that. Heck yeah, it is definitely very kinetically satisfying. Uh, I
2: uh, I think somebody else has a trademark on that. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean they they have something very similar, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 very um, uh, yeah, it it's good, good stuff. So Stephen one of the like really amazing super cool things that you guys have done with heist is the new wizard mode that you have is a 15 ball multi-ball so yeah uh, i guess the first question is how did you guys necessarily stumble upon that number exactly um was it just 15, because I, I did notice before this update came out, you guys did have on the back of my module saying the game needed 15 balls, but I didn't think anything of it at the time.
2: Yeah. So um, that was one thing that we had talked about early on. Um, the The way the the trough works in the back of the P3 is that, you know, the balls all line up. So like to to line it up with our – You know, uh, buck over on the, the VK on the right side. Uh, you know, you, you've got a stack of balls leading there. And so, like, to, to stage the balls in different places around the playfield and to have reliable launches when you need them, um, in those playfields, it, it, it's designed around having a lot of balls. Uh, Lexi shipped with 12, I think. CCR required 13. And for us to put everything around the playfield, it, uh, was gonna, it was going to require 15 balls to to set that up, but early on we we kind of had the notion, and I know Jerry had, had talked about it early on about you know we we can do a massive multi ball like this and and like uh, so that was whenever we like I said we started with the 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 third act you know that was the most obvious thing to do I was like well that could be in my mind I was like that's what you get to you get to this massive multi ball at the end of the wizard mode and uh that's your reward and you got to get through that survive the 15 balls and and hit all your your targets and you got to hit this big final shot to to finish the big final and so um yeah we we always had so the the idea was always there it worked out to be 15 and that that uh you know whenever we got through designing where we wanted all the balls to be because we also have balls staged in the back at at another up kicker and so um that just worked out that way.
1: Yeah. And uh, I guess the, the other question I have for you uh, kind of in tandem is uh, how does it feel knocking Apollo 13 off uh, the the record? Huh? That's got to feel pretty (laughs) good, right?
2: (laughs) I don't know. I like Apollo 13. I like the, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a neat gimmick and everything, but it's, it's cool like to, to have something that you've done that, that breaks the record. And I, and I think the, I think the way, I like the way we did it, which is to, to save it for the very end, right? It's not this thing that, um you know, that is like oppressive and overwhelming, like early on, it's something you've got to work for and get to. And it's a, and it's an event when it happens at the, at the end, uh, towards the end, you know? And so, um, yeah, I, I like that a lot. That's, it's in everybody and it, when you watch a stream you watch somebody get there when they finally make it there you just uh, it, it does two things it also gives us a chance to set up um narratively on a screen we've we've got these cut scenes in between it that tells the story of this big final hype that you go through it so while we're low, while we're staging all those 15 balls we got time to tell the, ver- the final end of this story the final bit of this story uh narratively and so there's a there's a lot of things i like about it and that's uh that's a couple of them.
0: Do you like it when you hear the the loading of the fifteen balls? Because uh on the stream it was kind of funny when Kevin was like, Uh oh, what's it doing? And it's like ka-choon, 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 and it's just like yeah. oh, something big's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, and
2: and uh, Jerry and Greg Goldie did did awesome work on the light show during the, the final wizard dice, and like every time a ball is coming across. We've got the, the light trail tra- tracing along with with the balls as they're coming along. So you see every one of those 14 balls get lined up on the, on the right side, ready to go. And so it, it's a big build up to it. It is definitely one of the most,
1: I think, one of the most immersive games that I've ever played, just because you do really get sucked into um, everything that you're doing. I mean, making sure that you're making the right shots and you do have to be kind of quick on your feet with the cops coming. And, uh, I don't know, I think they can come during a
2: mode, uh, right. Um, well, no, we, we shut them off during mode did, did? because okay. the, um, yeah, cause we, the, that's the, the whole concept is, is that the police are only there if you have characters to, to lose. Right. And so in a mode, um, we don't, you don't have the communication on the screen. You don't have the UX of the saying, like, these are the characters that I have on my team and these are the characters that I don't. These are my team crew members that I've got and these are ones that I don't. So, and it, it also is something that would interrupt your shots in, in a timed mode and we don't want to do that either. And so we, we, we leave them out during the modes when you get back to the, uh, the main, the home mode. Um, that's whenever once you have characters, they start coming and then, as you get more characters in the game, they, you know, there's outs in the game that's like, we're increasing patrols, sir. And they, they're sending out more of them, Uh, you know, to, to, because you've been, you've been hitting Mr. Big's properties all over town and he's, he's wanting his lackeys to get on it and, uh and hunt you down. And so they, it, it starts getting uh, uh more difficult to, I mean, it's not too difficult to get around them. If you can just trap up, you can, you can miss them. But I, I was uh, watching somebody else run it the other day, and I was just like, my dream is going to be somebody breaks somebody out of jail, the last person out of jail. The big final heist is relit for that final shot, and they go to hit that final shot, and a police class comes up and grabs that ball right before it gets into the big final heist, and they got to go break that person out of jail again. That's my dream for that to happen to somebody, and they're cussing they're me over the internet <laughs> when it happens, but... I can't wait for that to happen. Yeah, I can't
1: quite remember myself, and that's why I kind of made that comment. There was something going on in-game, and I I can't remember the other day, where uh, I guess I wasn't in a mode, but I was really in a rush to do something. And I couldn't necessarily tell you exactly what that was, but they said, you know, oh, you know, the cops are coming. And I was like, I prayed, and I think I needed to shoot for crane multiball. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it and, you know, let the, let the dog, the dogs of war eat. And um, <laughs> I biffed the shot, totally, totally biffed it. And uh, I was so lucky because for whatever reason, you're, you're the, the, the game had been nice that one time and it started the cops on the other side. Uh, so it came from the left orbit over and i was just like oh thank god (laughs) but uh yeah it is like you definitely if the ball isn't in control uh you are definitely like oh no like where are the cops coming from i need to get this ball trapped immediately before something silly
2: happens uh yeah yeah. because i was bouncing around in there it could just roll in the side of one of those scoops and then it eats away and then and uh and, and so, I don't know, like, uh, th- this is one of these advantages about doing, doing original themes, right? Is that you get to play around with all these ideas and do anything you want with this world and create the whole world and create all the characters and, and, uh, do fun little ideas that aren't, aren't within the confines of whatever the you are or what clips you have or whatever else, stuff like that. And so that's why I feel incredibly lucky that I got to do an original theme game. So. Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely not only get the
1: freedom to, to do what you want, but you get the freedom in what assets you can use and what music and what call-outs. Because uh, another thing that I didn't really get to gawk about for a moment was just how absolutely amazing some of the call-outs you have in the game. Like, I love Hack the Planet because, I mean, that's totally a throwback to hackers. I can't even, like, repeat some of them off the top of my head. But it's been like 80s and 90s, like action movie quotes. And um, I, I love that they're, they're not like necessarily overused, but they're sprinkled in there along with a lot of the other call outs that are there. And uh, I definitely appreciated uh, some of the throwback to those like 80s and 90s movies that I kind of, you know, saw a few of the call outs uh, referring to. I thought that was kind of cool
2: yeah we had a ton of fun writing those call outs and recording those call outs. I have like fifteen hundred individual call out files at the end of the day to to work from in this game whenever we got finished recording from all those I mean you think about it, you got six characters plus Mr. Big plus the four different variations of the police officers and things like that. so um just just a ton of fun with that and i did i did put a rule on our writing session i'm like all right we're allowed to use the in soviet russia joke once and that's it <laughs> which is really hard when you got a soviet russian character in the game <laughs> you just go to that well all the time yeah, what is Especially that, that? Uh, in
1: soviet russia uh what was it? i forget what it was balls, yes do. yes that was yeah. great when i did hear it and i you're right i definitely don't hear it a lot like it's not something that I well that's the I mean. thing we,
2: we were able to do like seven different variations of a lot of the different stuff there's some narrative stuff that is in there to, to give important information but anytime we've anytime we do have a bunch of different options you've got not only options of a call out from each of the six characters but you've got ver- multiple variations of what they might say in that situation for each of those situations so and we just had and we I've got access to some really great voice actors. Uh, Joe Grasappi is a local director, a guy in town, and he, he played, um, the Willie character, and he, he did a fantastic job there. And they, uh, John Swayze was m- my Mr. Big, and his daughter Olivia was the hacker. And she, she was able to pull off this, uh, you know, this really sarcastic 90s teenage prodigy, uh, character really well. And what's interesting is that she played Lexi in the Lexi Lightspeed, uh, game and John played the rest of the characters in Lexi. So they came back for this game and I thought they did really well, but all of them did such a great job. And every time I hear, um, every time I hear Leo give his, his, saying his lines and they're, they're always cracking me up. Leo's, Leo's just hilarious.
1: Well, and I know you had said fifteen hundred callouts. So, how many do you are, are actually in like the game right now? Is it that fifteen hundred number you mentioned
2: earlier in total? It, it's something less than that okay. when we came down to it at the end of the day because we that like not all of them worked and ended up working and everything. But it's quite a bit, and we. We, you know, did a whole bunch of stuff where it's like, now just riff for a while. Say some good things. say, say You're excited about making the shot or whatever. And some, some now you're bummed out about this stuff like that. So, but yeah, we used, we used a lot of it, most of it, you know, and plus we, we, you know, when we shipped the game, we still had another six stages to build and animate and create all those assets for, for the. For the wizard mode that was coming so that that's whenever the a big chunk of them came into the game also was with this latest update
1: yeah and i i guess real quick parnell before i uh i let you go ahead and take it is uh i definitely can attest there is a ton of callouts. like i do not hear the same call out very often at all which is awesome so thank you for that
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, some of it's unavoidable. Like you get into modes and there's certain instructions and stuff you're going to hear when you, you get into those modes and stuff. But, uh, no, it, it's, uh, I, I had a ton of fun recording them and, and, uh, putting them together and, and, and getting them into the game. Um, there's one specific one that, uh, when I went to school at, uh, UT and Matthew McConaughey is our famous, alumni there and when i was at school i was i did a movie review show with my friends at the college tv station and so we'd always get tickets to go to the um screenings and i think every year whoever did the movie review show it passed from one set of students to another to another they'd always get these tickets and get to go interview the celebrities on the uh, red carpet and every time they go to Matthew Ganahey i don't i forget when it happened but it started They start asking the same the same exact question every time as a UT success story. What would you what advice would you give students coming coming ahead? And he he always gave a different, extremely McConaughey answer every single time. And the one year we did, he's like, "What you need to do is you need to pick pick a direction north, south, east, west. Doesn't matter, and give yourself about seven lanes to swerve." So I put this joke (laughs) that I've been saying with my friends for like 20 years in this game. Nobody gets it but me and a bunch of my non-Pinhead friends, but it just makes me happy. So happy every time I hear that, that call out because I know exactly where it's from. I've, uh, I have heard that call out before and now it makes sense okay. exactly where it came it from. Makes, yep. Yeah, but uh, and, and any, any celebrity likenesses or purely coincidental lawyers out there? So just uh, keep that in mind.
0: <laughs> Since you used... Uh, some of the same voice actors from a different game. Do you think that they either had a more fun the second time, or they kind of they knew what to do, so they were even better? Like they knew what since they did Lexi, they come back for Heist. They knew that this shot is going to be exciting, or so, so their inflection in their voice was more prominent.
2: Um. Yeah, I'd say like the sixth time around, there like there was less coaching about how pinball goes. But I'll say this: our like John Swayze, our voice actor, that guy is world famous in other groups outside of our group. He he does voices for a lot of anime projects. He's he's the voice of uh, one of the, a big character, one of the big bad guys on My Hero Academia, which is a big anime project. And so he's going to. Uh, anime cons all the time getting people's signatures all the time so he's a big deal elsewhere in the world he's a world-class voice talent he can he can do anything you want in in, in these things. so i feel like i said i feel extremely lucky with with the entire cast of characters we were able to get in there because they're all extremely professional and i've worked with them on on video and, and film projects before and so they know what they're doing and so we we get in there and they're, you're going to get a good, good quality product out of people whenever um they're pros
0: he's a voice in that anime
2: yeah he's um uh what is it is uh which one's the? is it all might i think i gotta look it up. i only know See, of it i've guy. never
0: actually watched it yeah. but i'm like a very aware of it that's awesome
2: my artist my artist on uh on heist uh, jose fernandez who did all the character art and the, the cabinet art and all the assets that i animated i told him we had the guy from my hero academy and he was just geeking out because he's He's just a few years younger than me, and he's that's like right in his wheelhouse. He's he's all about the the anime stuff, and so he was he was real excited about it.
0: I want to say Nick Baldridge would love it too, like he's kind of into that some of that anime. Yeah, yeah
2: definitely. I'll have to tell Nick about that. Speaking of it, it, great P three games, how how great is Ranger into Ruins, man? Oh so uh, my god,
1: we can't gush <laughs> over it too much because I know Nick's listening now. He gets uh, excited we when you talk about it. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I think he messaged me every time we like mention it. He's like, Hey, I'm really happy. You're still like a Ranger in the ruins.
2: <laughs> yeah. but well, you just talk about like, he's just such a great guy. He's, I've hung out with him at a show and that you see what he's, he's doing with other games. Like his, I played his, uh his multi bingo game at PPF and it's just awesome. It's he he totally gets, especially for a guy that's so involved in like, that pre-war and and, and uh, EM era and everything like rocking, understanding what we're doing with the P3, I I I just love that because I'm the same way. Like I love these pre-war games. I think if you go back and look at some of the stuff that Rockola was doing in the 30s, it just blows you away. That was stuff that uh, we wouldn't get complexity of those kind of mechs almost ever again. In pinball, and you know, it, it, even though P3 is something completely different and it's digital and everything, you can definitely see kindred spirit between that kind of stuff. So, uh, I love seeing the stuff that him and Ryan Claytar are doing with uh, with their comics and stuff like that, and and appreciating that older stuff. But it's nice seeing them being into this. And and anytime I see people that can see what we're doing and understand what we're doing with the P3, it really makes me happy.
0: I'm excited uh, to see his game on the heist play field just because it's like the first game on the heist play field. That's not the heist. So that'll be exciting. I
2: absolutely cannot wait to see what third party games come for this play field, right? Cause this play field has so much cool stuff that you can do with it. And actually, no, I did see, um, Gamma Goat in here or, uh, had, had streamed his, his heist game that he made and he's making, an electromechanical experience, an entirely electrical
0: mechanical experience using, uh, the highest. Oh, it and it's awesome. I watched his stream. I didn't realize it, uh, it was on the high field though. I guess I didn't even. Yeah. You, yeah, you don't, you don't realize
2: it because the like, screen so is a like... lot of the game is using, using the side target. <laughs>
0: so well, yeah. it's, it's, it's
2: awesome.
0: And the screen was like yeah. this EM play field. And then, yeah, the side targets yeah. do a lot. Of, uh, that was, um, fun to see his stream and him talk about what his ideas were. So I loved the spinner having to go and cool down after you scored too many
1: points, if you scored so many points so quickly, I guess. That was really cool where the uh, two wall scoop mechs came up and essentially blocked those shots uh, and were like red as they cooled down. Uh, That was super cool.
2: (laughs) And, I mean, how amazing is it that these are just normal people out there that bought a machine and are able to think around and get their – ideas out there in the marketplace out there in the world without having to build a whole cabinet build a whole machine uh they can leverage the sdk's that the uh the p3 has and i love that stuff i, I and like i said i i genuinely every time we did this i was like when we when we built this machine i was like i just cannot wait to see what people do with this playfield with their own ideas and and put stuff out there so we'll start seeing them They'll start popping up. And if you're out there and you're wondering about a P3 and if it's if you want to buy it for Heist or maybe buy it for CCR or you love Lexi or something like that, you buy it once, you're into it, and this stuff is going to come. Like, people are going to make new stuff for this thing. And it's going to be ideas that you wouldn't see get through another uh, uh, manufacturing process or anything like that. You're going to see ideas that nobody could pull off with a traditional painted piece of wood. You know, you, you you're going to see just amazing stuff come through like you know like a, a single ball roguelike game that you you come across uh the other people in the world who have played that game and left their last item that they collected that you could pick up and, and it's just that stuff just gets me so excited about the platform and every time i see that i get as excited as i did the very first time i saw you know that white box in the tpf showroom floor just with a rudimentary Uh, game of barnyard i was just like there's so much possibility here and i love it yeah
1: it seriously uh gets me all kinds of excited when we either get to see people uh coming out and talking about games that they're currently making themselves or um you know occasionally getting um to see progressions on the games that are already out that individuals are working on as well um you know, I didn't know that Gamma Goat was working on an EM like uh, experience on the Heist platform until pretty recently. Uh, maybe because I wasn't paying 100% attention to everything that goes on. Uh, but it was seriously really awesome to be able to see that and see something that you would never, I never thought I was going to see an electromechanical game on a P3. And it was really, really awesome not only to see, but to see how well it worked uh, because he had just taken a little bit of time to uh, set up the game to to play that way and was able to take advantage of things that, um, you know, you wouldn't necessarily be able to do anywhere near as easily as you can on the P3 because there is so much adjustability and versatility in the platform as a whole, both in coding and in the ability to, uh, you know, down the road, add even more awesome features um, to the, to the possible play field as well.
2: Yep. Uh, now my question is, is when am I going to get to play Parnell's game for the P3? Cause I've heard him talk about it.
0: <laughs> uh, so, I am creating a list. I don't want to give too much away on stream, but or on the podcast, but I have a lot of ideas and they excite me. So I need to, uh, I need to start rolling with it. Cause right
2: well, I, and I, I think that's it. Like you, like you said, you didn't know Gamma Goat was working on this until he had something that was ready to show it. That seems to be pretty well fought. And I think that's some good advice to take as you're doing a machine. like like Keep your circle close and get something that you're ready to show the world. And once you, you do, you, you show everybody and, and people are blown away with what you're, you're able to, to reveal. Um, I too. But yeah, I'm actually working on a game as well. Awesome. Um, uh, we got it. We got two more new ones coming. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah.
1: I've uh, <laughs> been talking to Nick a little bit about it. Oh, okay. uh, so, um, parnell, you know about it too. You just forgot. Apparently, uh, we'll edit that out. <laughs> 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 but, oh, okay. uh, yeah, no, I, I do have a game that, uh, I, I know exactly what I want. I just need to figure out how to make unity do it, uh, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. So, um,
2: yeah yeah and unity unity is a framework used in games all over the world and uh the the thing is is like i'm not even remotely a programmer and uh i'm not a mechanical engineer i'm a i'm a video guy an animator a creative type and i got to make a game on this platform because all it really takes is when you don't have to go and build everything from the ground up and and be a master of every single domain you can you can get with you find that one friend who's a programmer you can find that one friend who is good with art and stuff like that and you can you can get uh, get together a very small team and put something together and release it to the world without having to source a single part you know you can you can do it uh through that's that's what uh Nick did with Ranger in the Ruins right he he has a game that was nominated for Twippy Awards, and I voted for several of them for Ranger of the Ruins on, on the Twippys, you know, that without having to manufacture anything. And I think that's awesome. I love that democratization of the uh, the hobby through this platform.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it was cool to hear him that he wanted, or at least tried, to start everything himself, but then being able to pick up music from someone else, like License It, is very convenient and it's also eye opening of like more than just me and Ryan spend money on stuff and lose money, <laughs> but but, but it's cool that you can then take your game like what Nick did and sell it. So now it's for sale in the store, and so his mm-hmm. next game is going to be the same. And I don't think he's going to be able to get Quest for Glory unless the licensing goes. But that was a a good learning experience, and I uh, I think it's the same. We're going to have Nick back on. And we're going to kind of just do a high-level how to start making a game on P3. Uh, Nick has a lot of experience with that. And it'll be kind of good just because it's easy to make lists and have dreams. But the hardest part is actually starting the game. Once you start, I think you kind of get sucked in. So it'll be easier to keep rolling and upgrading it.
2: And there's there's a big community of people that you can reach out to and lean on, on the on the Slack channels that we've got and things like that. And and Jerry and the guys are always helpful with advice and you know, like I said, it, it's the it's the easiest way to get get your idea out there in the world on a physical game playing so people can enjoy it, right? I also if you want to, anybody could do this, any manufacturer could do this. If they want to, you could build a whole game module. And you're only responsible for building about a third of what it would take to populate an entire playfield and the cabinet's there and everything else is there. All you've got to do is create the content and do the fun part of the Pinball is easy mantra, which is the design part. And uh and then release a playfield module for the P three and sell it to the existing install base. And who has a P three wouldn't want a new playfield module from somebody from somebody else. And I'm excited to see what people do with this platform in the future
1: yeah i seriously can't wait i get excited whenever any any news drops um you know obviously we we got a snippet uh that there mm-hmm. is another title coming up from p3 uh and that scott denise doing the sound for it and uh i couldn't tell you how absolutely out of my skin excited i was to find out that information <laughs> I probably like was on a high for the rest of the week after talking to him about that. Cause, uh, there are some truly amazing things that we've gotten to see thus far and even more that are probably just right around the corner.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, Scott's a great guy and and, uh, it's been, it's been fun, uh, uh, talking with him recently. So, I, I I'm excited to see what he does. So, absolutely
1: yep no uh
0: i uh I, yeah I- I- exactly <laughs> we just need more of that you know edm-y like music pounding through those those speakers because i was going to say you don't even need a shaker mod those speakers slam hard
1: i, I think yeah, the I really they really
0: slap and they definitely yeah. slap <laughs> Smack at the base.
2: They do, man. It just uh, you just you just drive those things. Me, I've got small kids that go to sleep early, so I got it turned down. But yeah, that thing can definitely rumble.
1: I mean, it's other than uh, TNA, I I had to buy uh, the anti vibration glass stuff for my heist because i do like it louder and uh man it it absolutely can rumble <laughs> like, yeah. when it needs to yeah, it definitely. will rumble and it is so
2: cool uh i i love it yeah pop in uh uh do you have the lexi play field i do yeah pop in lexi listen to the david feel soundtrack and and uh that thing that thing kicks man
1: yeah it really does i uh I guess next time we sit down with Jerry, I should try to find out uh, what kind of sound system they have in it, like, exactly. I don't know if that's something you would know, but uh, Parnell, that's some notes we
0: should put down for next time we talk with him. <laughs> I know there was some nice, I don't know, I don't know if you call them tweeters, but the two ways in the back box and the speaker, I don't, you know, it really comes down to, like, what drives them as well making sure that it's yeah i'd be curious
1: refreshing. to know like how many watts the total system is just because uh it really does sound amazing and the heist music really comes through nice in it too i i love the soundtrack in that by the way not to get back on yeah. the heist but
2: man <laughs> let me uh well, we uh, let me tell you you did worked with good a guy thing named there Jonas, uh, my 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 musician Jonas, he 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 really knocked it out of the park with that. Like we, I I just had some ideas and I was sending him stuff from like, you know, the snatch soundtrack and this, and I was like, you know, for for hacker we wanted to kind of have this sneakers like nineties nineties feel to it and all this other stuff, but uh, yeah, he just really was able to capture that that vibe of of you know, the heisty stuff. And then it, it, every, every, I'll say this, every second of the game, you feel like you're, you're feeling like you're in, in the, in a heist movie. So he, he did a really great job.
0: Did you watch like a bunch of oceans 11 and stuff to try to get back like ideas?
2: I I spent a bit of time watching a lot of heist movies. Like I I had already seen the oceans movie. I think oceans eight had just come out when we started this so, so we came out and we we're like yeah that's a movie that they really did everything in the book that was a nice thing but you're able to come up with all the tropes and we would go through and like list all the the tropes that we're trying to hit and and uh one thing that's so great about the theme is that it's so universal like people know all the the tropes and everything else and you just have a lot of fun playing around in that space and uh who doesn't want to be part of a crew that's breaking in and stealing jewels and, and stealing cars and and trying to take down a uh a corrupt billionaire in your in your city.
1: Oh another quick question here. Uh what's your record for most cross town combos in a row during that side job? Because if I get to that point where it's like, let's see how many you can do in a row, uh one. One is the correct answer there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think I've gotten about three, but that ball comes screaming around the, uh, the thing. So if you, if you get into a groove with it, like your second time has got to be a little quicker. Your third time has got to be a lot quicker. But yeah, I think I've gotten about three on there. That's about, um, all you can do. But the real reward is just getting to that, that third stage where it's like, let's see how many times you can do it. You know, that's, that's the, this when you know, you've made it. You're, you're a, you're a crossbound champion at that point. <laughs> In my book. Yeah,
1: it it definitely is a fast shot, especially when you don't have a a, a scoop catching it.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and that was the, I mean, that the geometry on that shot turned out to be something we, we weren't expecting in the beginning, but turned out to be a real happy surprise. We're like, you can hit the outer orbit, the left ramp, the side loop, the inner orbit and you can hit the jail all from that upper flipper. And it's like probably the, the most useful upper flipper I've seen in a pinball game where you can, you just hit all sorts of stuff with that. And there's been times whenever I, it's launching a ball out of there and I've got the jail open for something. And, and then I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to get it in that jail. And, and I'm able to, again, it's it's a little mini, mini accomplishment that it's not specifically designed to do, but you can do. And it, it just feels great when you can pull it off. And so. I love the variety that that, uh, that flipper gives us. Okay, so I'm not the only one because I know
1: Parnell's even seen me where I've made like the left orbit and the left ramp before with the upper flipper and it is really cool the diversity that that upper flipper has because it's not like it's just that one shot uh, and I think a stand-up or two over there as well if you uh, Oh yeah,
2: you, yeah, you get the, the stand-up I, our, the, the standups, actually the stand-ups aimed right at it. So that ATM target is kind of meant for the side flipper, but you, you can always carry the uh, lower flipper shot off of it. But, uh, yeah, you can, you can hit the police locks. You can do all that. But yeah, it's, 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 uh, actually in that first stream we had, um, one of the things we clipped was, uh, and I was not having a particularly good game. And then I went into, that's the other time as soon as Phil Grimaldi, world, world, class pinball player leaves the room all of a sudden i had an upper flipper outer orbit inner orbit outer orbit combo from that upper flipper like all three in a row and then right after that did a uh do a pick and roll catch underneath that upper flipper from that for the uh the thing and it was just the the greatest 30 seconds of pinball that that he didn't see so <laughs> that's how it works with you it's like you 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 don't play well until You know, you can't, nobody's watching, so. Or when you're in a rush.
1: That's another thing I've noticed. I'll turn on a game and I'm like, yeah, I got five minutes. And this game normally kicks my ass in five minutes. And then all of a sudden you end up having like a 25 minute in your game and you're like, damn it, like I'm late to where I'm supposed to be going, but I'm having too good of a game to like stop. You know, Uh, (laughs) that always seems to happen to me.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, obviously, like you might listen to this, you know, you know, I'm biased and everything, but I, I, I just, I, I've been playtesting this game for three years now, like one, two years of playtesting. We've been working on it for like three years, doing doing everything to to animate all these assets, create the massive amount of content that's in this game and, and testing everything. And I still, every time I get up to it and, and press play, I'm not, I'm not anywhere remotely sick of it. I always find different things to do and I find myself reaching for that start button again to, uh, to keep going for these things. And, you know, like it's, some of it's leveraging the, like I said, some of it's leveraging the platform itself, like being able to start from a specific save state and practice and go from further on in the game and just make big final high runs things like that. Like I, I, I still enjoy it as ton. So it's, Really satisfying to hear guys like you get on here that, who played it and get what we, we were going for. And, and I appreciate uh, all the kind words you guys have said about it.
1: Uh, I absolutely love it. I know Parnell does too. He's, uh, I think, closing in on selling his ACDC so he can have <laughs> almost a P3 ready to purchase, which is super-duper exciting.
0: I keep, Turn him on. I keep joking with Ryan that by the time this – dumb game sales and i get ready to buy a p3 the next game will be out and i'll be like oh shit is it gonna be heist or this new one <laughs> no
2: by by the time this beautiful this beautiful very attractive in the marketplace game yeah. What you yeah. <laughs> so yeah
0: <laughs> it's a super nice game yeah it's just it's it's like it comes down to be this is like the first game i'd sell but when you have a collection of like pretty good games it's like well it's a hard problem for me. It's going yeah. to be a great game for someone else. Yeah. But,
2: well, and that's the thing I found too, is that once I got my P3 and I got all my games in there, I had a bunch of games that I was like, I, I, I wouldn't sell because I was like, I have a tough time, you know, getting another one at some point. But like I said, as the time goes on, I find, you know, more and more that the diversity of the P3 and all the stuff we can do with it. it it's the game I go to whenever we're just, trying to kill time. And and so I've sold a couple of games that I really love that I was like, I'm just not touching anymore, you know? So, um, I I think it's a good compliment in any game room, but it's something that I think every game room can benefit from because there literally is something for everybody in your house. And there's things you can do on there that you can't do anywhere else, like play people online across the globe and, and things like that. So that's my pitch for it, but genuinely, As an owner of the platform, I love everything about it.
0: So my game room has shrunken to a specific size of, in theory, five games. And that's because of, like, the family and and our remodel and stuff like that. So I'm getting rid of a couple. So I'm going down to six in the house. And the P3 will be one of those six. And then I have to figure out what to do. But I love the idea of having a ton of games for the entire family, friends, like just a mix in one machine. But then you're not stuck with what you currently have. Like to Jerry, when we had Jerry on the podcast, to his point, it was like, there's going to be games in the future that you just have no idea what's coming. And that could be your most favorite game ever. Like you might not like Cosmic Cart, but all of a sudden, you know, the heist drops and you love it. So it's, yeah, it's a different mentality. And
2: let's wait let's say you started with seven games and you you downsize the seventh and a sixth to get down to a p3 right but the p3 comes with like five games so you took your seven game collection and turned it into a 10 game collection while saving space right so like it, it's it's kind of hard to tell people like how many games you have in your game room <laughs> because one of those games literally is like almost a dozen games up there in one box so uh it's it's such a great platform and and I can't wait for more people to see it and experience it and start uh getting in their game room. And uh all I'll say is that more stuff is coming and uh it's it's cool stuff. So
0: yeah, I Nick has been super helpful. I have a skill role that he's been kind of coaching me on how what to look for and then I had to, I had a little issue with the Swords of Fury that he is pretty like he's pretty good about reading schematics quickly. And when we do the P three episode, that'll be fun because he'll probably get me like, uh, and maybe Ryan, kind of charged up on. Okay, what do we need to do? We need to install Unity and the SDK and sign up to be, you know, a user at this website, uh, Multimorphic. And then he'll walk us through a little bit, and we'll kind of just chit chat about assets and things and what you should do to plan. And I think that'll maybe even jumpstart some people to to think about making their own, even if it's super simple or if their first game, like I keep telling Ryan, your first time you do something is not going to be great. Like don't think it's going to be this great thing of art. Use it as your learning experience and then keep going from there.
2: Yeah. And I'm not a programmer, but I have to dive into unity to to grab stuff and play, do testing of a game. You can, you can do a lot of simulation of your game in Unity. Um, you can. The, uh, my understanding is that with the SDK, you get a sample game that that gets you up and running with flippers and controlling everything and and all the stuff. Like the groundwork is there to work with any of these playfields. So you can target a specific playfield or you can target all the playfields. You know the shooting scoot, the last game Jerry released, the mini game works with all of our playfields. You know it just uh, knows if you make a shot on this side, what it's worth and what it does and that side and so um, it's like I said if you're at all interested in designing a game look into a P3 it's definitely the way to go
0: I think Gamma did that he like took the demo uh, play field and then created his game I think he mentioned that on the stream
2: yeah yeah, so Buffalo Pinball had a contest to see who could do the best cover of their theme song and Gamma in those in that week or so of the contest Got a game up and running that basically played all the lyrics of the song. Like, I need a ramp. You hit a ramp shot and it plays that lyric. I need a scoop and and so then he played it perfectly in time with the music where he he got the double super jackpot on the crosstown shot on on heist and it that was my favorite thing I've ever seen. Like somebody went and programmed an entire game just for this this contest. <laughs> so it was uh so well done.
0: Uh I love tinkering with stuff and so being able to at least think that I can make a game and even potentially do it is a large part of being excited for the platform. Yeah, at that point. Even if I suck at making this game, like <laughs> at least I can try and like my maybe my daughter will like it. And
2: you put it out there and other people will download it because they can. And you'll find people that enjoy your ideas. And maybe you find a collaborative partner through that. You, your next game is even better. So I'm excited to see what you guys come up with and anybody else that wants to download the SDK and get running.
0: Yep. That's the thing we have to remind people. You don't need a P3 to make a game or an app. Yeah. At some point you'll probably want to test
2: it on a system, right? So you want to, you know, either get a game or buddy up with somebody who has a game to to test it. But um, I've seen stuff come through that, that was made entirely in the SDK. Real interesting ideas.
0: Ooh, see, it'd be kind of fun to have like a multimorphic indie day. And as, as long as the creators were okay with it, like show off just like stuff that never made it, or at least never, I should say never made it, never made it to the people didn't want to release it, or it was just kind of like test ideas and just kind of showcase a bunch of just random app game thoughts.
2: Yeah. Like uh gamma goat was like, yeah, I wouldn't release double super jackpot in my game for anybody. Cause it's such a simple idea. But when uh, Kevin spent <laughs> the 30 or 40 shots at the, at the side target, trying to beat the, trying to get to the 15 ball multi-ball and beat the 15 ball multi-ball and, and he was like, you know what it helped? If I had doubled super jackpot, the practice is shot over and over again. <laughs> Here we go. You should have released it.
0: <laughs> well, let's see. Oh, I have a question. Yeah.
1: Oh no, I've got a question yeah. locked and loaded for you. Ooh, what's it like working with Jerry?
2: <laughs> Ooh,
1: Jerry. besides the fact that if anything's wrong, it's Jerry's fault. So. <laughs> no, no, no.
2: No, honestly, like Jerry is a really, really good pinball player. Like he's, he's really skilled. So like, it's a good balance. Cause I was like, yeah, Jerry, this, 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 uh, work, this, uh, sequence works really well for you, but I'm bricking all day long. So we got to <laughs> change it or whatnot. But, um, no, Jerry, Jerry's just, he's, first of all, Jerry's brilliant. Like he, anybody who can who can come up with this kind of system and 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 put together this company that that is centered on just ideas and innovation like he does it's 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 a real privilege to work around people like him and he attracts people like him that are that are that have that kind of mindset so working in this company and working with these people you get it you get a chance to work with a lot of really brilliant people and it's it's a it's it's really, really exciting to to run through rule scenarios and stuff like that because he's very, very good at at coming up with well, what have you thought about this and and that and the other. And so I, I've enjoyed the collaboration a ton. Um, working through heist and before that, working for years on on all sorts of aspects of uh, you know videos and promoting the games and and doing stuff like designing the the call out system and stuff for uh, Lexi. and and things like that
1: yeah jerry absolutely will get on to and kart racing and absolutely obliterate me when we're playing multiplayer uh yeah but every once in a while you beat him
2: (laughs) the the trick is every once in a while you get that one where you sneak past him at the last second and then you say i'm never playing you again (laughs) the last time we played i was a (laughs) champion so that's the that's the that's the way you do it, and then you just never let them forget. Because I did that once. I I snuck past them in like a half a second left, and uh, that that's always something I bring up. But another thing about him is that Jerry is uh, so when Multimorphic was starting, it was at a time in the industry where there was a lot of boutique startups and stuff like that, and a lot of people going around and taking money and basically funding the development of games off of pre-order money and stuff like that. And that's something Jerry never did from the very get go. He was like, no, we're going to self finance this because if anybody gives any money, that money has to be set aside for actually building the games and and ordering parts and building the games and then touch it. And I've had such respect for his integrity his business integrity. And it's been hard. Like it's required a lot of sacrifice to do it that way, but he never for one second thought he was going to, go and, and do something like fund this company with pre order money from customers because that makes customers investors in the company and, and uh, then it leaves somebody holding the bag when that money's gone and you've got to actually deliver those games. And so we've we've seen the rise and fall of, of a bunch of different people that have tried those methods of doing stuff and he, he just never has. And it's it's been um it's been a bootstrap uh situation for a long time and, and we and uh but I I am extremely proud of being associated with a company that has the integrity that it does and and that you know has always delivered on every promise it's made, you know, like has, has gone out and and you know did what we said we we're gonna do. And so i I, I appreciate that. A ton. Well that is yeah, I mean
1: I have gotten to interact with Jerry as well and He has seriously been one of the nicest people that I've gotten to interact with in pinball, it seems like. Um, So, yeah, Jerry is a super amazing, amazing person. And uh, obviously, I was in jest earlier saying, uh, you know, it's always his fault. But uh, he's brilliant. I tried throwing ideas (laughs) at him uh, about, like, games that you guys currently have. And he's like, yeah, you know, that's a good idea but uh it's not <laughs> uh, and he explains <laughs> like, I mean, why uh in in really like yeah. vivid detail so i understand like why that isn't as good of an dea- idea as i thought it was um but i guess that's one thing that i'll also say is like he doesn't just say like no to something he will go in and try to explain so you understand it and uh i that's definitely something that you don't necessarily see all the time. Uh, and I, it's really, really cool. Yeah, no,
2: Jerry's uh, this, one of the straightest shooters I know and all that. And I, I've gotten to experience a little bit of being inside of, of Jerry's brain. Cause you'll, you'll, you know, I, I've gotten this too, where like, I I'll be like, I've been thinking about this problem every day for two years on development of this game. Right. And then somebody comes up and they've considered the problem for 20 minutes and they're like, yeah, you know, you should have done this. And they're like, oh, that's, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> you solved all, you know, it's like, it, uh, do you have like two hours to talk about all the reasons why we, we realize that's not that going to work or that, So incredibly patient, but again, super nice and like deals with, with, uh, the, the has some of the best customer service in the industry. You ask anybody who's bought a game from them, you, you, you hear how fast. Uh, jerry and tj uh, get back to out of their extremely busy schedules and help people out um, and do that and that's a choice right you don't have to do it that way and they're they they do so i i again i can't say enough nice things about them yeah i've had uh
1: some interactions with them as well and they have been super amazing to work with very johnny on the spot getting back to me jerry said uh, you know, anybody else who's willing to help whenever, anytime of day, me, not so much cause I bother them all the time, but, uh, <laughs> uh, truthfully, um, I am very much blown away, uh, and still in a sense of like, awe. versus some of the other manufacturers that are out there that unfortunately don't have that great customer service. So I will totally again, echo as I have many times, uh, the customer service is the best, like hands down.
2: Uh yeah. And a two year warranty, two year manufacturer warranty. Like how is really that? Right? Yeah. So Yeah. I and the ability that if you have a problem
1: with like a play field or something, if if you can't fix it, you can literally send it back. And it's not like a huge deal to like pop a play field out. And you know, heavens forbid yeah, if you no, got to that it, point, yeah. it's it's easy to do. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I've I've heard this criticism a lot. People are like, "Why would you change things?" Like there's there's a there seems like in the industry there's sort of this resistance to to change anything that's that's too far away from the the pinball they've always known. But this is a well-considered solution to a lot of problems that are just difficult things by the nature of the traditional wooden playfield system that we've had for a hundred years and that Jerry's put together in this system. And it allows for stuff that you can do. Like if, if you're somebody who doesn't, has never touched a soldering iron or anything like that, and you have something that that breaks, it's literally a module. You can pop out and you can, you can have a replacement ready to go, ready to to pop back in and, and plug a connector up and get going on. Or you can, send something back in and and have it be fixed. But uh, the, the, the maintenance story on the P three is a huge deal. It's something that, you know, is not a, a sexy bullet point that people talk about or consider a whole lot when they're, when they're making their game buying decisions and things like that. But it, it's a real deal. Like it solves a lot of problems with, with having to, uh, to fix the game. And the, the mantra of don't bring your soldering iron to the game, bring your game to the soldering iron is is true. Like I've had to make some adjustments on my highest play field for some, cause I have an early release module and I, I needed to get some updates that have been shipped out since then. And I can pull this thing over onto my workbench and get access to the side of underneath the play field. Super easy. I'm not leaning over a game. I'm not wearing a light on my head to, uh, to try to shine into a dark corner of a cabinet, you know, I'm doing everything where it's comfortable, where I can easily work and fix these things. And that's, that's huge. And if I know like you, you, you said, you had some issues with your play you were able to send the entire thing back in and get it fixed and get it sent back, uh, you know, in in almost no time at all. And that those kind of things are, that's not a choice from the other people because they can't, because you don't have modular systems. On the other machines, they don't have the ability to do easy, uh, e- easier uh, maintenance solutions like this. So uh, all of this, all of these uh, problems—these are real problems in the world that the P3 is solving, and they're solving them in, in really uh, brilliant ways and really smart ways. Yeah,
1: I, t- I totally agree. I, like, best pinball purchase of my life, 100% was getting the P3. Um, Parnell, are there any other questions you'd like to ask our our guest this evening before we let him go and get back to his family and not be sitting on here with two idiots talking to him?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's it. Oh, no, I did. Um, Are there any high-level differences that are easy to explain for the initial release of Heist versus this big update that came out?
2: Yeah. The high level stuff is that again, the original game, it was the, the depth of it, like ended at the, uh, like you, you, you could play all the character modes and you were trying to work towards getting to the upper level heights, which was really challenging and collecting the jewels and things like that and working on other kind of jailbreak strategies and things like that. And because the, wizard mode adds so much more depth onto the game um it's a six it's a six stage wizard mode where you're basically going through and you're playing uh the big final heist Uh, you've assembled your entire crew once you've assembled all the crew once you've played all the character modes and you freed everybody from jail then you can make a run at the big final heist so we made that part of it easier assembling the crew is a little bit easier it takes fewer shots to get into uh, a character mode and some of the some of the character modes were made a little bit easier too that were were more difficult. And so that's basically it. You you uh those are the, the main differences in it and you you get in there and you've uh it's 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 playing one one stage after another right but if you in pinball linear gameplay is, is usually a bummer so what we do is it's more like a choose your own adventure it's based on the order that you collected your characters when you collected them in the first place is the order that the first three uh stages are put in so every time you go to the big final heist you may you may do it in a different uh character order but you start learning the other big thing is that the MacGuffins which are the, the final hurry-up shot, once you've defeated the mode, you've got a chance to go for the MacGuffin, which is worth a lot of bonus points, and it's worth uh, a lot of points in the game. But those MacGuffins are um, items that help that character's stage in the wizard mode. And a lot of people have found, like, there's certain characters that they're like, oh, yeah, you definitely want the MacGuffin for this character, right? So, like, in in Hacker, if you get to... Their mode, it's a it's a it's a mode, it's a stage in the uh, wizard mode that really benefits from having the MacGuffin. So you may have a situation where you've collected all your characters and the big final heist is ready, but Hacker doesn't have the MacGuffin yet. You may choose to go replay Hacker's mode to get the MacGuffin before you go in there. Um, there's a whole lot of um, decision making and stuff like that that you can do uh, in this game to to uh, strategize your way through the. The final wizard mode. And before you go, I, I always say, you know, you made it to the big final heist, uh, and you, you've got a ball to spare, drop a save state so you can come back to that at some point. If you don't make it, you, you can, I'm not going to thank any less of you if you come back and later on, cause you want to see the whole game, start at that save state and take a run at it again, you know, but you get through and you play all the different character stages and then you, you get to the, the, the big final 15 ball multiples uh, towards the end of the game. And uh, you've got to get through that. And I, it tells the, that, that, that wizard mode tells the entire story also narratively of, you know, the big final heist and what you're, what you've been, that's the third act of our heist movie basically. So we use the cutscenes to, to set the whole thing up and show how, you're pulling this heist off under Mister Mister Big's nose, and uh, and it's it's something that you know, we're pretty proud of. Uh, Michael Ocean, one of our creative consultants, came up with you know kind of the the some of the story elements there that were really nice. So um, yeah, we I think it came out real well, and it's something we've been working on a long time. And there's a ton of animated assets in there, and ton of uh, uh, ton of just work went into putting together what we think is like one of the most thematically uh, integrated, you know, deep rule set wizard modes that's ever been made and we're extremely proud of it.
0: Ryan, you better get your stupid profile set up so that we can do some of these save states.
1: Yeah, I know. I I need to get around to to actually <laughs> reading the manual as uh, Jerry loves to tell me <laughs> when I ask. So
2: at the, at the start of ice when you start Well, in, in the, before you start a game, right? Um, you can get into the wizard, the, the profile manager by holding the, the flipper button up and pressing the start button. And that's where you can manage your profile and start a new one and set them up and everything. But when you start a game at the very beginning of the game, before you launch a ball, uh, if you look down in between the flippers, there's the button legend and it actually tells you like, Hey, if you hold the flipper and you press start, you'll get some options like, uh, doing with, uh, getting into the profile system or setting up team play where you could have like your three kids playing against you, your one person or, or, uh, you know, doing or, or setting up save states and stuff like that. So it it's there on the screen, like at the beginning of games too, but most of the time you're excited about starting the game and looking down the field and you're not looking at it. So next time you, you start the game, take a look down there and it'll, it'll, once you get the hang of it, that that's how you get into it. You, you never forget.
1: Oh, perfect. I guess I just needed to uh, look at the screen a little bit more For I'm like, all
2: right, let's start a game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that, that's all awesome. it happens to everybody. It's, it's just, you, you get into it and you, you start looking down the, looking down the play field and, and, uh, even though all the information is right there, sometimes it's hard. You gotta, you gotta have an opportunity to really get people to focus on it. Right. And that was just kind of like, if, if you want it, it's all there. Right. Like if you want all the information during, while you're playing the game, it's right there underneath the flippers, you know, all your score and everything else. So, but for me, the most important thing in a game is playing the story and finding out, like, you know, experiencing all the moments in the game and stuff like that. So, that's where uh that's where I, I i like the way we we handle it on heist is like most people that play it don't ever get caught up on score or anything they're just like yeah i want to i want to go for this thing or that thing and then at the end of it they're like oh wow i got a great score you know so
1: i i totally agree with that i i do totally get captivated by the story and and wanting to progress and see more of the game I'm, i mean you know the score is cool but uh it's definitely isn't the what, what you necessarily like focus on at least um unless yeah. you're in a competition i guess uh then you, you
2: probably yeah would be, and then but. then it's boiled down to just whatever strategies you know are the most the biggest payoff and hopefully we've we've created a pretty balanced game where there's not one thing that you that the game is reduced to right or anything but
1: well uh I parnell i think it's about that time yeah this is uh not a 16 hour edit episode No, you might be able to get this finished uh, and edited like tomorrow if you actually just hunker down and and work on it. But uh, with that, I guess, um, Stephen, thank you again for coming on the show. Uh, It was absolutely a a blast and a pleasure uh, to be able to talk to uh, you and and get a lot of like really amazing insight and uh, information about Heist and, and Multimorphic as a whole. So, thank you. And uh, to all of our listeners, good day, good evening, good night, and goodbye.
0: goodbye. Bye, Stephen. Thank you for coming on.
2: Yeah, guys, I appreciate it. Thank you. I love the show.
0: Did I lose you? Nope. I was waiting for Ryan, but he's... uh... Um, No, sorry. That was my bad. I
1: uh, got distracted for a second there.